1: Welcome back to Season 3 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Tophie Outlaw, and uh, we're going to start the show a little differently today because we're coming to the end of Season 3 of the show. We only got a couple more of these to do, and uh, I just want to take a minute of appreciation. It's the holiday season, and I just want to say before we begin, thank you to all of our listeners, all of you wonderful fans. We have a bunch that I'm going to name drop when we get to the end of the show. But uh, I want to thank you guys for just being with us, for being here today, because it's a good day. We have content, big, awesome geek content. This has been a full week of just getting back to big geekdom again. And, you know, I was tweeting it out, but uh, I have a new appreciation for this after the year and a half we've just had. It is so good to be back in this space and to be back here and with all of you who are listening and in the theaters and watching and just participating and sharing with everybody. And uh, yeah, man, I know we're supposed to be hard and industry vets, cynical, (laughs) cynical types. Not me.
2: <laughs> yeah now you but, but i uh, just also can we just say like shout outs to everyone working at comic book because you guys yo 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 yo, 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 yo. everybody chill, yo, yo, chill out on that chill out ever that. since stop take the love you guys are working your butts off and this yeah, has been yeah. a really hectic week and i'm just like shocked at the amount of content that's going out yeah, and yeah. you know i'm like i'm over here like on the side watching from my little twitch corner i'm really impressed with you guys like you're bossing it out
1: uh, thanks. Uh, everybody, <laughs> keep doing your jobs. Love you. But uh, yeah, we show love to all our comic book staff. But uh, you know, they don't like us. They keep us with the horse blinders. Otherwise, we we'll stop typing this fast. So we, we can't have that.
3: Uh, to end, to that end,
1: we are going to be doing the show in two distinct halves. Let's get to it. So that was our appreciation. So back to the cynical, hardened edges. We got two halves of a show today. So we're keeping it spoiler free because this is we're in a weird position. We got to get to, uh, you know, the whole geek culture and we don't want to ruin everything. We know Spider-Man No Way Home is here. Nicole and I and Matt have seen it. What? Matt,
2: you got to see it?
1: Matt knows things. Don't worry about Yay! that. Just, just fall back. Oh, I'm you, so you, happy. you were like the gym of this show already. Just
2: fall back. <laughs>
1: so we, we are going to break down Spider-Man No Way Home, you guys. We are going to jump into it, but we are going to save that for the end of the show so that everybody who has not seen it cannot be spoiled. We want you guys to have this experience it and to enjoy it. So we are going to save all the Spider-Man No Way Home, the big stuff from Hawkeye, all of this Marvel stuff we got to get into until the second half of the show from the safety of the ad break. We're going to give you guys a big warning to find the exit when it's the ad break and so no spoilers. For anybody who wants to have that experience But we also got to release this podcast over the weekend When this movie is going to be opening and people's minds are going to be blown And they're going to be looking for things to talk about and listen (laughs) to people Discuss and we got to be there We got to be there, so we're going to be there So, two distinct halves of the show We're like 2 faced today All right, so let's get to the Harvey Dent part We did an (laughs) early review of uh, Witcher last week But uh, Matt was the only one Who got the joys of seeing it Him being our Witcher expert But now The Witcher Season 2 is here The Witcher, so don't get lost Witcher! All this Spider-Man goodness going in the theater. Um, yeah, The Witcher's back, and um, yeah, it is. I'm gonna get kicked <laughs> off by saying it is better than ever. Matt did not lie. Sometimes I wonder when he tells us things on this show, but you didn't lie to us this time, buddy. Like <laughs> The Witcher season two is here, and immediately I've I'm just into the first two episodes because I've been busy doing Spider-Man stuff, like and running around. Um, but immediately the difference is palpable. Like Matt said, there's a bigger budget, that but it's not the money. The Witcher is one of those shows that we talk about when we discuss comics here, which is sometimes you have to do those setup issues that are really just like, you know, they can be confusing or just not boring, but just full of expository stuff. And but it's all the setup you need to get to, like, the really good stuff. Well, The Witcher season one had, you know, the difference between season one and season two. Let's just make this quick because we got save time is. When you put these characters together and they begin to interact with more characters and have those interactions, this show is exponentially better. Like right out of the gate, as opposed yeah. to just going through this three separate storylines of Gerald. You know, um, I, I butcher all these names, but the little girl, the witch, and Siri, Gerald, Siri, and uh, mm-hmm.
2: the little girl. Yeah, I love her. The little yeah. Girl.
1: I always want to call her Siri. It's really good. Me all too. Stuff, I is. always
2: want to call her Circe. <laughs> I feel like,
1: because I think I feel like Siri's trademarked. I only yeah. use that in one place now. So anyway, <laughs> that's, that's first world problems. But anyway, so like, yeah, when you see them interacting now and just having Gerald and Siri paired together is already a better show. Just like right off the bat. And so, yeah, um, that's my takeaway from the early episodes of Witcher. And I was unexpectedly, in all the Spider-Man Marvel hype, I was unexpectedly surprised about how happy I was to have the Witcher
2: back as well. So
1: yeah, yeah
4: man. you got have uh, you got to have something after the after the Spidey, right? You got to have something in between screenings. <laughs> and this is and this is perfect. It's perfect. Perfect spot for that. Um, no, I, and that was the one I actually recommended. Like if you're going to, if you're going to sample, I've I've seen a couple comments of like, do I try it out or not? If you're going to sample just one or two episodes, those first two episodes are actually perfect uh, because they do a really good job of setting the tone. Like if you don't like those first two, I don't think you're going to like the rest of the season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that, especially as they get to care more and, and they're bouncing back and forth. You're meeting the other witchers, but it's that Geralt and siri it's just that dynamic that like you didn't get last year because they didn't come together until the final five minutes of the finale. (laughs) So now you get it from the very beginning and Novellin is perfect and it's so magical and like Verena with the creepy. I saw someone (laughs) reference the Bat Lady was creepy. Yes, uh, (laughs) I thought they did that extremely well like they Mm -hmm. didn't go overboard but it was just creepy enough like i was like oh hey the the creepy crawly stuff gets me every time like that stuff gets me and like eye twitches and things but like the whole point of that story though is like it's it's kind of like a tragic love story too so i just thought they nailed that angle um there are a lot of fun things to talk about we will get into like a spoiler filled breakdown of the show later on once once everyone's had a chance to see it and everything Uh, i am truly excited for season three very much so but season two is like what i was what i was hoping for and it's that thing that kofi said it's like you just you get to right off the bat it hits the ground running uh people that love the yennefer side of things might not be like as enthused until like the latter half of the season because like she plays a part in earlier episodes but not like a huge part and Yaskir is the same way like people that love the bard he's he's not in it a ton as as you would hope um but you know later on in the season he does come back around so there are you know some people will have their own quibbles and things like that but overall man i was so happy
2: yeah, agreed. I'm, I, you know, I feel like we're just over here singing praises, but I was really, really excited about this. I've watched episode one and two. You're right about Yennefer, but I don't mind her storyline. And I'm kind right. of very, I'm curious to see where it goes. So
1: she, she holds down her scenes. It's yeah, like I still she, feel satisfied. She really holds down on her
2: Yeah. Line. And obviously, like, I just feel like our lead, he's just so good in that role, like as Witcher. It, it, and honestly, this show the second season has made me go, okay, this is not my style of game that I normally play. But I'm so enticed by this performance and the show that I'm straight up going to play Witcher. I can't believe yeah. it. I'm going to have to put it on like easy, easy, easy mode. But I'm still <laughs> like, even if I just don't play it on stream in front of people, like I want to experience this. I want to go deeper into it. So. I got you I to it. toss
4: some coins to the witches There it is there you go. <laughs> I, did, I did ask Joey Beatty By the way about that song And I was like dude have you Because we did the an interview with him And I was like have you outlawed that From like all gatherings now Because like it was everywhere And he was like yes yes I have I've turned it into a drinking game
2: <laughs> Oh like, my yes. gosh It was it. a
4: catchy song though
2: And Damon Streams in the chat said, I still haven't seen The Witcher yet. Is it worth watching? 100%. Oh, yeah. Even the first season was still, it was good. Like, I loved the first season. It's It's just, just, I mean, It gets even better. Uh, Definitely binge it, for sure. I highly recommend it. It's weird
1: fantasy horror. And the deeper you get, like, very kind of, I think people were still on Game of Thrones when it first came out, but we're past that now. So, like, it is this weird kind of horror fantasy kind of coming together and uh yeah man it gets better and better so just definitely check that out because like matt said after all the fighting you're gonna <laughs> need to do something and uh this is a good thing nicole we're not leaving you out i know you already said oh, you no, and uh, you and the hubby are gonna sit down and take a witcher yes. and we appreciate saving some stuff away from this rabid mob to you enjoy on your by yourself so uh, i appreciate anyway. <laughs>
5: Thank you. Um, we're
1: going to move on because we're just going to take some uh, quick stops. I put this in here at the last minute because I know Nicole is on here. And Nicole is one of our, I mean, Nicole's one of our experts on like Ooh. DC, Marvel comics, all this other stuff. Did you check out the first episode of Naomi? I You that see it? <laughs> Jenna has. I did. I just, I did not know if you had.
5: I actually have not seen it. I was waiting to see uh. what Jenna thought of it. Um, But I will say this. I am extremely... There were two things that came out or are coming out in the near future um, that Jenna and I were both very excited about. One was HBO Max's Station 11 and the other is Naomi. And so I was kind of deep into um, Station 11. She was deep into Naomi. And I think we're just going to flop now that we've both written our reviews. I didn't want to taint myself until I heard what she thought about it because Jenna and I do a lot of screaming at each other over text message about the things that we love. So... (laughs) Um, I will say this, if you've seen the teaser trailers for it, and if it's even remotely as good as those, I think we're all going to die of happiness because this looks so good.
4: Uh, it just looks I'm so, so good. Naomi rules, so, man. Like, absolutely. And <laughs> like, I rules. was,
5: I love the character. I love the comics. Like, And just from the teaser trailer alone, I feel like they have nailed that character and that story. And I am just dying. I have the screener. It's one of those things like I'm holding as my treasure to watch this weekend as well, because I've got a little time to (laughs) myself. And I'm just like, I thought they dropped that trailer earlier this week. And I was just like, oh, if this show is even remotely as good as this trailer, it is good, good. So I am. It is good, good. And the all cast, they got right. like Stephanie March. I mean, Law mm. and Order fans, you need to watch.
4: Unite, that's right. That's right. right? There we go. <laughs> you knew um, by the was way,
5: bring Law and Order into this. You that's that,
4: yeah. because that is the way. Things Nicole are. is
1: also one of our powerhouse DC Marvel Comics people with uh with uh, Jenna, who's over on Phase Zero or Cousin mm-hmm. Podcast, who will also be dropping on this stream today because they're going all in on just pure. There are Marvel podcasts, so obviously they're going all in on Spider Man as well. So you can uh, check. Jenna out away. Today. Um, Yeah, so phaser will be doing this, but uh, yeah, you guys knock out a bunch of stuff for us. So I want to make sure we got some Naomi exposure on here since you were since you were here Nicole. It's Thank exciting. you. So yeah, so read Jenna's review. It's on uh, comicbook.com DC because we also got Naomi, another good DC show. So there you go. So it's much good, good week, DC man. Content yeah, we're so coming, back man. in abundance. That's what I did to check. I was like, wait a minute. You know, DC is still Merry out here. Kind of yeah, so <laughs> next year is going to be a big rep for us. Superman Yo, and Lois. Eli. Yeah. Fazio had a good right. year this year because it's been a very Marvel
5: year, but I'm Andrew just saying, next year, next year, man. Year. Yeah. Next year we'll and the next year. year.
4: Blue Beetle, Batgirl, yeah. more yes. Superman and Lois. So yes. much good stuff. Yes.
1: All right. So, Nicole, we'll be seeing you a lot next year. So,
5: I'm (laughs) here. Let's get to the
1: Kingman, Kingsman. So I got an early review of the Kingsman to knock out for you guys. I got to see this uh, early and do the review for comicbook.com. It's over on comicbook.com movie Um, to keep things short and sweet. The Kingsman is the prequel to Kingsman, uh, the Secret Service, and a sequel, uh, Kingsman, the Golden Circle. And out of the three movies in the franchise now, I think that the Kingsman, and I saw this with, like, Brandon Davis, Chris Killian, everybody and I think we all kind of, I'm pretty sure we all agreed, I don't want to speak for those guys, but that this lands in the middle of the franchise. Okay. It is better than Kingsman, The Golden Circle, but not as good as Kingsman, The Secret Service. And it's not because the Kingsman is, suffers. What this is, is kind of a weird, I don't know if this was just something that got lost in the pandemic, the Disney thing with 20th Century Fox becoming 20th Century Studios. I don't know where this movie went, but it's very much, or they just didn't know how to sell it But I feel like that's been a problem with Fox games because I don't think people sold free guy really well for what that was either for what a gem that turned out to be. But I don't think they knew how to market the Kings man. And that's fair because it is a very weird, strange choice. First of all, this is Matthew Vaughn who did, you know, X-Men first class layer cake and all the Kingsman movies. Uh, He's never made sequels before this franchise. He was like totally against it, but he's done it now twice. But this is one of his weirdest films yet because this is very much a serious like world war one drama for much of it and very much not like a Kingsman movie with the kind of bond over the top, you know, you know, with a raunchy edge to it. thanks to Mark Millar, like it, it's very much a serious war drama and it's about Rafe Fiennes character, you know, the Duke of Oxford trying to honor this thing from this very kind of tragic Batman style past that he had in his family and trying to keep his son Conrad out of the armed services as Europe is becoming increasingly destabilized by these three brothers, you know, Prince Wilhelm, the Kaiser, and, you know, Prince Hen- and King Henry, which is all real, real history, right? Like yeah. if you know anything about World War I and all the crazy stuff that happened the tragic comedy of events that led to the most horrific war, war, you know, one of them, this is very much a rumination, like an examination of that. But then it also is a Kingsman prequel. So eventually like it has to transition into the, Crazy comic book spy type deal. So it is a weird, uneven package that you're getting, and it's two hours, and it feels very much like two hours. And you're like, because, of, like I said, <laughs> some of this is like some of this is like a little bit like Schindler's Listy, not in the sense because not like about like just sending people to die and trying to stay out of it, and like where do you get in all this middle? Like, is there a middle ground? It's all this real serious like European war stuff, history stuff. But then it's also a Kingsman movie at the end. and the Kingsman stuff is actually some of the best. Like Vaughn's gotten really good at this. So the Kingsman team that we get in this prequel, Rafe finds, um, you know, Jaimon Hanzu, uh, Gemma Adderton, like they're the best Kingsman team in the franchise. Like and the team action stuff they do in this movie is the best action in the franchise. But like, yeah. The drama stuff is really unexpected, mm. but because it's Ray Fives, it's still good. It's just like you didn't expect like a World War One historical drama when you walked in, but that's what you get. And there's some real serious stuff that happens in that. So weird kind of prequel, but at the end, it, it establishes why the Kingsman is so solemn and so important and like what that's all about and how deep its roots are. So. Weird movie, um, in a <laughs> weird time to release it. Like, it's gonna get eaten up. I feel bad for this movie because people put in like real performances and they're great. Gemma Adderton and Jaima Hans who are great in this. But um, yeah, I mean, there's Spider-Man Matrix is coming out on the same day this comes out. Like, this is way down on the matinee. <laughs> let's just be clear. But it is a matinee. So check that out, Kingsman fans. And sorry I couldn't report better than that. Alright, we gotta move Because we're gonna get through comics Before we take our big ad break And come back and do the second half of this show So, let's try to keep this uh, Pretty tight But, uh, Matt, comics
4: Alright, let's get into it So we're gonna start with Robin and Batman Number two uh, This was the poll uh, Thank you everyone for voting why, can, as I always. Just,
1: can I ask, why did DC do this right before the holidays With this issue? <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I used to see like this.
4: Why? What do you mean? I'm curious. This is
1: like one. Of, I mean, I love I'm beginning to love this book a lot, Robin and Batman, but this is like one of the saddest Batman mm-hmm. stories I think I've ever mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if it got me in like the parent feels because of like I'm on that thing where I have a three year old son and I'm like, like good dad and evil dad is like a real dilemma for me right now because we're in that phase of like testing the two phases of your parenthood, but oh, like yeah, that's deep. I'm getting, I'm getting off of my own stuff. <laughs> no, no. Um, oh, no, no, no. I, it's I completely
5: understand. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: Nicole, you, you know, I know Nicole understands, and like, yeah, but this was like really like a messed up. Like, I mean, it really <sighs> kind of got me to the core about Batman and Robin's relationship,
4: and it's just yeah. like it's and it, it, yeah. it's crazy too because this issue. And by the way, spoilers ain't coming for these next three books. Uh, so <laughs> FY, um, this one very much we we all liked kind of how the Alfred Bruce dynamic and uh, how Dick is being parented and things like that, that this first issue ex- explored. And then this issue seems very delightful and very lighthearted <laughs> for like 90% <laughs> of mm-hmm. the issue. Yeah. It's very lulls you into this thing of like, oh my God, he's like getting to know the Teen Titans and oh man, he's like finding people that, that like he can I, like identify with. I was and like so excited. Bruce is giving him a suit and all this stuff. Okay, I, think, I like, feel like we
1: got to give context to people who haven't read the comics. So this is Robin and Batman number
4: two. Robin and Batman and Batman number
1: it's two. a sto- and it's a series that looks at you know the formative days of Robin, Dick Grayson, becoming Robin. He's
2: turning or, twelve in the book. Yeah,
1: yeah, but from the perspective of Robin this time, and yeah. kind of and, and this story is about yeah. And this issue deals with the first for about you know Batman being hard on Robin, and it's Robin's birthday, and as a birthday present, Batman get takes him to the Justice League Watchtower. Let's him meet the Justice League and let's him hang out with the kids, the sidekicks who will become the Teen Titans, right? Right. And then there's a twist at the end of this. And book. then, yeah,
4: and, it, and it all feeds. By the way, this book does a really good job of, like, if you ever question the importance of Alfred amongst the Bat mm-hmm. family, this this series, I mean, Jeff Lemire has done a really good job of of pointing that out, highlighting that. Like, they have a great little moment in the limo. You know, like after he like (laughs) he beats some kids up at school, like (laughs) Alfred really is the person that raised him. Mm -hmm. And Bruce is the person that trained him. That is really the dynamic they're setting up. And sometimes in other books that can get kind of messy. But like that really is what happened. Right. So here he gets to go and like Bruce goes with the other Justice League members on a mission and leaves them there. And there's this great little sequence where like sneaking by. Hawkman who has to stay. Hawkman was great I mean, That was so, so perfect um, And like they're having this cool thing and then they go on missions And all that and then they come back and like No one's the wiser right now you figure Okay maybe Bruce knows Because like Bruce always knows yeah. right Bruce So you think that maybe Robin that's is. coming And then at some point he goes mission debrief Before like Robin gets to walk away Right when they get back to the cave And then Robin proceeds to give him a rundown On every single person That he interacted with what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. Yeah, it's basically Batman's
1: Tower of Babel act. Yeah, it was, hey,
4: evaluate your peers and figure out what makes them tick. And, like, how to kill them if you needed to, yeah. And the the best, like, the best part after that is, because it's so wrong. It's so wrong, because then he's like, good boy, you know, like, good good soldier, you know what I mean? And he walks away, and Alfred's like, Says something I can't say here, which I <laughs> Which I love <laughs> And he's saying it for all of us And it's yes. just, I love Seeing it, it really paints a real picture of what This would probably be in real life If you had someone yeah. as messed Kind up of, what's the word To describe Batman if that were a person in real life You know just what I mean? Emotionally closed off Yeah,
1: but at the same time What's messed up about it is from a parenting perspective, I get what Batman's doing. Yeah. yeah. Because his point is so valid. They are like the two humans, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and if he's ever to run with these people, it, it's not just for that, it's for any level of that kind of threat yeah. he's training mm-hmm. for. Because like he realizes if he's gonna be running with them, like he's gotta be able to take down superpowered people and think like this and yeah. do this. And it's and it's it is it just makes the Batman Robin thing so messy, like. In a way that Frank Miller was just like a blunt instrument, and this is just like
4: a precision right. tool. At kind of that was everything. that was what Miller was going for. This is what it should have been, and yeah. Yeah. and this has so far been really excellent. Uh, but I but I agree, it's all for those things. It just explores this relationship in a very different way. Um, moving on, because I know we gotta we gotta move. Um, but before I do that, Janelle Nicole, what do you guys think? Did you like the issue?
5: I loved the issue. I'm, I'm with Kofi there. Like from the parent perspective, I understand a little bit of where Bruce is coming from because sometimes you do have to be that hard parent. But at the same time, I'm also like, go, Alfred, because <laughs> God, God bless Alfred. He is so underappreciated. But I, the art in this issue, I, I absolutely love the art. I feel like the art captured both. Um, The joy of the the fun Mm -hmm. he had on his birthday, and then you could just feel the tone shift in the art. Even if you couldn't read the words, you could see the tonal shift. And I just thought that was absolutely brilliant. It's a brilliant pairing of the words and art in this specific
4: issue. Agreed.
2: Yeah, I really quick. I just didn't take it that seriously. I just had fun with it, <laughs> and I'm not a parent, so I was just kind of like, "Dude, hell yeah!" Like I was like about Batman, like doing that at the end. I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Like maybe, I was really maybe you got to trade
1: Yondu to stand up to that pit <laughs> hole in the neighborhood. You'll see. Uh-oh.
2: But yeah, I, I I didn't feel like the heaviness. I just loved. I just dug the whole thing, and I was, at the end, I liked it because it felt like a little bit of a twist, and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs>
4: No, yeah. Superheroes. That's what but that's why I love I love our dynamic, right? So that's yeah. that's why I love it. Uh moving on to Batgirls uh number one, which I was very excited about. Uh I've been waiting for this book for a minute. If this you haven't
1: book, seen it, DC wanted you to know Batgirls is coming out.
4: Yes. <laughs> and now here's the thing. I don't know how you missed it because they've had previews and like it feels like the last three weeks of DC issues of this book. But uh, this focuses on for those who aren't aware or haven't been reading uh, some of the some of the future state stuff. um, This very actually very much is probably the closest tie that is still there because of the seer and some of the magistrate stuff while the magistrate has been shut down uh there's kind of now we have like this offshoot of them and so this book very much is still kind of dealing with some of the fallout as opposed to some of the other books which have like completely moved on um but the status quo here is that um someone has taken over the oracle network barbara doesn't have access to it she's essentially been locked out they've been framed for things they did not do so they're kind of on the run so this kind of takes barbara out of her techno wizardry can do anything from you know it's just a computer and kind of puts her out into the world in a little bit different way and then we have stephanie brown and cassandra kane who are essentially move in with her so they're all three kind of living together trying to keep things under the radar but also be who they are um this book is in polar opposite to robin and batman which i felt like had this you know there's a lot of things you can read into that I just, I just really enjoyed this for just being kind of fun. And uh, some of the back and forth between Stephanie and Cassandra has gotten really good over the years, um, depending on who the creative team is here. It's just, there's just fun. Like I, I smiled at numerous times between just their banter back and forth. And, you know, Cassandra like beating up a bunch of tugs. Cause they took her robe, robe. afterwards though. She did, she what? led like through the fight at first. To keep a low profile, and then later goes back and beats them all up to get her favorite robe. Right, I just love that stuff. Uh, they're back As in Bondo, Bondo, like naming the car that <laughs> she stole from the thugs. Like I love that stuff. Um, Barbara kind of getting used to this. They're, they're in a, like a really shady part of town. They're in a rundown apartment. They have bunk beds, but they're so excited for that. There's a lot of <laughs> really fun stuff here. Um, it's not the most like critical thing. Yeah. To the Bat Mythos right now that that you'll read and if you were, you know, it's not a must read, but I really I really enjoyed it for for what it was. Uh Cassandra does feel kind of different or sorry, not Cassandra. Yeah. Uh Stephanie feels kind of mm-hmm. different than the spoiler we've had in like recent like over like in the past year, like she does feel more jovial. <laughs> than the spoiler i remember right like it's just not in a bad way just in a different way it feels like oh that's not who i've been reading for like a year and a half but i still enjoyed i still enjoyed it what'd you guys think
5: i loved it i i've spent a lot of time like a lot of time in the fear state and i do a lot of batman Everything. And I spent a lot of time in that storyline to the point I was like, someone, please get me out of here. It's it's starting to be grim. And like this book, book is just delightful. It's it's, so, there, there's this wonder at this, the whole dynamic of Barbara as this almost like out of her depths, slight like older sister kind of dynamic with these two, like the two kids who are just like, Ooh, we're going to go beat up some bad guys and steal a car. Like, <laughs> that's the kind of like Batgirl's adventure that I would want, even in this grim little backdrop of what they're dealing with. And it's just so precious because it's shenanigans. The book can be boiled down to Batgirl shenanigans. (laughs) And I love it. It it doesn't, it doesn't diminish the Batgirls for who they are, but it's just such a refreshing palate cleanser for everything else that has gone on in Fear Straight, Magistrate, like all of the, that has been the Batman line for so long. So it's just fun. It's just so much fun.
4: Yeah, that's what I appreciated most. I think was just that it was so different comparative, even to the current. I mean, even with the current Batman run, which is a little yeah. more, it has a little more humor than like the previous yes. one. That's still this is just so fun. What do you guys think, Kofi and, and Janelle?
1: Um, I'm not gonna add too much because we got to keep it moving. But uh, I thought it was a lot better than even the preview pages made it seem. Like the Batgirl, the dynamic between all the Batgirls is what the title implies, and it, it delivers on that. And how they kind of face Gotham and and do that is a lot different. And as Nicole said, refreshing compared to the rest of where the bat franchise kind of is now. For sure. Janelle. Yeah,
2: I I didn't really know like what they were talking about, the clock tower getting destroyed and things like that, because I don't have that context. But uh, I was OK with it. Like I, I figured it out fast enough. So that was good. Uh, and obviously, like, dude, the art was so cool and the costumes were amazing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I want to cosplay as these chicks.
4: <laughs>
2: so they won me over for sure.
4: Yeah. No. And uh, Nicole brought it up. Uh, Jorge Corona. And uh Sarah Stern, uh Art and Colors. This book is, is just so pretty. It's just yes. so fun. It fits the vibe perfectly. Um, so yeah, definitely re- Batgirls is a uh, recommend. Um, and then moving on to Hulk number two. Uh Hulk number one was uh bonkers in the best in the best way. Uh Hulk number two essentially picks up from where we see like Hulk Starship. That's such a weird thing to say. Oh, starship moving through, uh, that unknown portal. And then somehow things get weirder. Uh, and we, you know, it kind of, it's this back and forth between Bruce kind of talking to himself, uh, talking to, to Betty and, He's like encountering things that are like maybe able to take him down, which is not something. I don't think this is something about. you can verbally describe. To people. It's so weird. It's so yeah. hard. Okay, here's. Okay, like, so you so might as well just this. stop. Like we're getting about The coolest part is all the stuff with the Hulk and the Hulk engine, because this book is is just like gorgeous. Like Otley is just killing this book. Uh, the fact that we get monsters. Uh, to power, we get Hulk versus monsters, and then we get Hulk versus literal giant-sized Wolverine, which is like the coolest thing. I just loved. I loved the visual. I loved the meta ness of it. That was super fun. It's awesome. And then we get him meeting another Banner. And it seems like it's this alternate universe. I I don't think anybody who's not
1: seeing this is going to understand. You're like describing. It's so
4: wackadoodles. It is wackadoodles and I love it. I love it. I'm going
1: to boil this down to this first concept was interesting, but crazy. And this book and this, uh, I think this issue just doubled down on the crazy from the moment Hulk flies through some weird in between dimension populated by this group of, you know, guardians that get shredded by him in a second. I was like, okay, we're in a very different kind of whole book now. like, And I'm not sure, like, I, I'm not, I'm literally and figuratively just not sure where we're at and like where we're going with this. And I, I'm kind of, this one was kind of just like, whoa, okay, wait, I got to wait and
4: see on this. Like, yeah. <laughs> I I saw in the comments. We, we've seen a couple of things of like, you know, it's a lot and it is, it is absolutely a lot. And if you're looking for a more, but okay, but then again, so was Immortal Hulk. If you really look at the whole like art in that book, we're not That's going down the wormhole on this. Yeah, with, like, it's a weird you know, book. Um, a but I, yeah, I really sometimes certain types of bonkers are for you, and this bonker is for me. I'm eating this up with a spoon. What do you guys think, Nicole and Janelle?
5: I actually haven't read it. So wow, I read, I, read, like I read the first one. Which, and you're right. Bonkers. So I'm, mean, irritated. We should in do a
2: literature. live watch of you reading it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: TBS does not spend their money uh, that way. <laughs> but
2: yeah, I know we're just like on a time crunch, but it, it's bananas. This book, I like, it's I'm obsessed. <laughs> I really am. I'm obsessed with this. I, I I'm probably going to reread both of them because it's just so enjoyable and so cool.
4: Yeah. yeah. I love this book. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's
1: comics. Yeah, that's comics. All right, guys, that's it. So we are going to take a break. When we come back, it is the second half of the show. Now, you got a little bit more time. We're going to do Hawkeye. People have asked in the chat, and we're going to respond to you. We will do Hawkeye episode five first and then use that as a very natural segue into our Spider-Man discussion. So when we go back, we are going to go in full in Marvel stuff. We'll start with Hawkeye to give you guys a little bit more time before the Spider-Man stuff. Be right back.
3: Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash rs10 today.
1: And send. I <laughs> typed in as many G's and LFG as I could before the <laughs> intro video was up. So however many you see in the cha- comment section, that's how many I had. All right, Hawkeye. We're going to be some stuff. Yeah, we're going into Marvel stuff now, starting with Hawkeye Spider-Man went way home to follow So Hawkeye, episode 5 First of all I mean, if we don't have a team show With Kate Bishop and Yelena Kind of at the forefront of that Marvel's not doing it right Seriously Um, Macaroni and cheese scene, I mean, macaroni and cheese Instant Mac sales are going to boost after this And with good reason Mm. Um, Yeah, this was This was a good sale for why Florence Pugh is in the MCU because it rhymes and it's awesome. (laughs) And her and Haley Steinfeld, just getting a Florence Pugh Haley Steinfeld scene heat style. Like, I mean, you know, that's great if you know that heat reference, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, that was great stuff. I enjoyed that. You know, Hawkeye's been doing great things with the action and stuff, but come on, we'll just start at the end with the, we'll go backwards because everybody wants to get to the big stuff. So let's start with the big, big stuff. Big Willie himself is back. The Kingpin, yes,
2: yeah.
1: so. our boy Vincent D'Onofrio. Janelle tried to soft confirm for you guys two shows <laughs> ago. She said she she reached out to uh, VDO. Was just like, hey.
2: I told you I'd try. Yeah. I still I still put it out there. I was like, hey, I'd get a lot of street cred if you came on. I'm just just letting you know. So who knows? Well, yeah. You
1: know, so but. the. End of Hawkeye reveals that Eleanor Bishop, Kate's mom, is working with the Kingpin or for the Kingpin. Nobody works with the Kingpin, I don't think. But uh, works for the Kingpin. (laughs) Uh, And we got that on a Grady cell phone video, which you gotta love Marvel. Kevin Feige is just... I love how that's the big
4: confirm. He's
1: one part genie Genie and one part just like... I was too afraid. I didn't believe
2: it. I had... I was just kind of like, I'm just not, I'm not going to believe this until I like actually hear it out of the horse's mouth.
1: Yeah. I yeah. No, mean, it's him and he's got the cane y'all. Did mm-hmm. you did you zoom in? He's got the cane. He's got <laughs> the white suit and we've got the questions, you know? So um, our Marvel DC experts on comic book.com went in on this. Uh, you know, is this going to, is the MCU Netflix going to be canon? Probably not because Maharshala Ali's blade and he can't be blade and cotton mouth. So probably not, you know, you know, that kind of puts a damper in things. Um, There's more to this conversation, obviously, but we're going to get to that later, but yeah, we're going to probably get a new Kingpin. You know, I'm sure Kevin Feige is always gracious. And eventually when this whole secret wars we got, maybe definitely shaping up is figured out. I'm sure Marvel Netflix will be its own universe with its own assignment just like kind of dc did with final crisis um and had a lot of fun with that and laid down that precedent so marvel netflix will still get honored just like i'm sure agents of shield will one day get its own you know kind of way to fit in there but um right now i i think it's safe to assume this is a new kingpin but adam barnhart pointed out should it even matter we got Vincent yeah. D'Onofrio back as Kingpin. Ooh, that's a victory. Like the victory. The new actor flex because I remember the old actor flex is like being on stage and like we get immediate feedback from the crowd and that's like the, that's the drug. Now the new drug is my part. I did so well that nobody can let go, of it, <laughs> and they bring me back that's because awesome. I can't get anybody. That's the new actor flex. That's really and, cool. You know, well deserved. So yeah, I mean the th- the amount of doors this opens is just. Is poof. I mean, it's it's large. Kingpin's not only back, but apparently, like he's running an even bigger criminal empire than we ever got Mm. in the Marvel. Can we just say too that like
4: they do such a good job of building up his reputation in like the a matter of like two minutes with that conversation between Clint and Um, (laughs) and like his wife. Like that alone, it's like, oh man, the big guy, like, I think it's it. Like they do such a good job. And like just that 35 second thing of building him up, which would have taken some things like six episodes to build up like that kind of whatever. And you get that just here. Oh man. It might be the person we're thinking about. And then it's, and then you're good. You're already invested and you're like, yeah, he's a big deal. Like they've done such a good job of that because we are coming off of a place where like, yes, a lot of people know Vincent D'Onofrio play Kingpin in the netflix Daredevil series but like there are a lot of people that just watch the movies and just watch stuff that is like of you know what i mean that's not just like kind of tether it's like really connected like disney pushes it that's the only thing they know and that's the only thing they recognize you know so like for those people you still need to kind of set this character up and like build up why he's a big deal and so i think they did a really good job of that (laughs) they
1: they literally put him at the head of a crime like yeah. A criminal organization that can now spread And going as far back as before the blip Right And establishing yeah. that he's been here since after the blip He didn't get blipped. Like Kingpin was one who set Ronan up And as As uh, Drenner, as Clint Shredder! Setter, mm-hmm. as, You know he, he <laughs> Manipulated him that's what his power is yeah. He has information and this is classic Kingpin Because this is what's happening in the comics right now I mean Kingpin just gave a monologue about this In you know Devil's Reign right um his his thing is just having files on everybody knowing things having the information being able to work people uh and they did that in netflix but in this it looks like kingpin's on a whole other scale like he got Mm -hmm. Clint barton to kill people as ronin and you know do all kinds of crazy stuff he got echo trained and is invested in her he's got several gangs he's got eleanor bishop and probably val who knows what else is going on here like so yeah, I mean, he's already a big bad in the MCU, and we've seen Jim Viscardi, producer Jim Viscardi, has crept into the comments, he's entered the yes, chat.
2: And yes. he says, and I'll read it, he
1: says, I love that. I, I love the reveal of Pinkpin as a grainy cell phone video. Feels like a meta commentary on spoiler culture. Disney was like, <laughs> oh, you want to reveal? Fine, we'll give it to you how you're used to getting them. wrong. meta a is a point. word we are going to talk about for Hawkeye this week, for Spider-Man, it's a big thing I'm kind of on, and no, no, what's your name? Uh, oh my God, I can't believe I'm blanking on your name. Uh, Zuckerberg, you don't own this word now. So we're going to talk about the old school meta, not the company owned meta. So we're going to talk about Absolutely. how Marvel got really meta this week in a lot of ways. And so, yes, it is funny that is a grainy cell phone video that that's the, that's the leak we get about, you know, D'Onofrio being back. So, excellent observation from uh, Jim Viscardi there. But um, yeah, Hawkeye is really, I mean, ooh, it's catching up on Loki to maybe. Edge out and be my favorite Disney wow. plus this year Because it, it has been just really A fun I think overall I mean Powerful and fun watch and some Great character work
4: and someone mentioned it In the comments um but Like that that Blip scene yes was So well done yep The, yeah, it the way second. it was done Yeah, yeah. Second, you, you didn't know what happened you're like hey whoa Hey what's going on here And, you're was like, so oh, um, um, and I will I look Elena is just, I said it before, right? Like Florence Pugh, like that was one of the reasons I was so excited for the series. And I will take six episodes of them eating macaroni and having <laughs> stuff between them. <laughs> like I will ha- i will just watch that. That is all I will watch. And, but she, like, be sure. Elena is so charismatic. Like there's she, just yeah, so much amazing. that happens. Uh, mm-hmm. I Man, this episode, like, look, I already said last time that this series was my favorite. This episode, all this did was just like put it Affirm comfortably it. ahead. Yeah, I was like, they can't six the, the last episode would have to like, I don't know, bring cardiac in and then shoot him <laughs> 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 for me to. For me to hate oh my it. god! Okay, man. like that's what that's yeah. what it. Would oh that's
3: no! That's what it would have
4: to do to, for me to hate the series. Like it's uh, it's firmly ahead. It's so good, and I can't believe. That I'm saying this about a Hawkeye series. And It was <laughs> always the heart and soul of Avengers. I try no, no, no no, uh, no, no. I try to tell no, you, guys was no, so This made him. To to you this made things. him that he no, needed a it just to do that.
1: presented what was already there. And no, oh,
4: Hawkeye was inside yeah, of not, us no, the entire this is not, time. We're not Snyder cutting this, okay? I, this, so there are was revisionist inside Revisionist history. Of us this All right. entire time, no. <laughs> Give me that trash. <laughs>
1: was <laughs> That's not happening. And yes, okay, a couple things because we are going to move on to the big, big topic of our show. Yeah, um, Eleanor Bishop, her backstory is shady. Um, <laughs> Clint's wife, is, I mean, she's Mockingbird, right? Like, she is 10 toes deep. To, like, I've been married and with my wife for 22 years. We don't have, I mean, we never did missions together. So there is another level to this that I feel like is. Because mm-hmm. even we are not like the way these two. For speakers, sure. Yeah. I'm like, you guys. Yeah. Which
2: is another awesome thing that they worked into the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. yeah, I mean that. And um, yeah, but don't, I say I maintain that Tony Dalton is so freaky and better call Saul. Like if you've seen that show, the guy who plays Jack Duquesne is such a freaky villain that he's got to be shady. I don't, <laughs> bl- I don't buy it. I don't, I'm not free, Jack. I, I still buy that no Jack way. is shady in his own way. Yeah, I'm with I'm going to maintain that. that Jack is no, no. I'm just kidding, but he is shady because <laughs> he was too. He freaky. was way too calm for being arrested, dude. Yeah, he's so it- freaky and better call Saul. Like that's the only thing they hired him for. So because he he's a smiling lunatic in that show. Like he's yeah. a smiling psycho. And I don't <laughs> doubt that that's what he is here. So, all right. So that's Hawkeye. This is it. Here oh, we go. This it? bum, bum, yeah. oh, it's, going. Time. it's time <laughs> for Spider Man No Way Home. Janelle, you can remove your headset. No,
2: it's fine. I'll just. I don't, are you sure? No. I don't yes. to you. you already made me watch that thing.
1: I, I made you watch a trailer. So <laughs> we, we can talk about the trailer. The trailer is just a trailer. But we'll talk <laughs> but about Spider Man. We'll talk just about, just about it fun. all at once. So all yeah. I did was make you watch yeah. a trailer. So here we go Spider Man No Way Home spoilers rich drop that thing if we have it up because we're spoilers
2: spoilers spoilers, i don't want to get
1: blamed for anything
2: spoilers you know what i'm gonna type it in the chat too for our lurkers
1: do we have a spider-man spoiler alert on here i know we have to right oh man well i think everyone's getting the message yeah okay
5: so we're doing some webs spider-man
1: away home spoilers okay so um first everybody good yeah okay Good last one
5: spoiler alert
1: here we go spider man no way home so first uh yes, there is a part of me that wishes that we could go back a year and cast a spell to erase everybody's memory when the leaks broke because there is a part of me that would have loved this pure and and i I actually little known secret I actually avoided all the online spoilers uh that that flooded out the last week or so. I managed to dodge all that um. And it doesn't matter. Like we had heard everything for so long that like everything was already out there. Um, And part of me, which is that we could have all been pure because this would have been like the ultimate surprise of a century. That said, knowing all that did not ruin this experience. Not at all. In the least. Because what I didn't expect, and this is why I wanted to come back to the word meta is What I liked about No Way Home when I digested is beyond all the fan service, beyond all the spectacle, beyond all that, there is a deep kind of comedic dramedy here, like a dramedy here about in a very meta commentary about what it is to make these superhero movies, Mm -hmm. to do these franchises and what the cost of that is, you know, personally, you know, professionally on screen and off screen. And there's a very deep kind of examination out of all of that in this movie. And especially when the other two Spider-Men come into it, right? Like, and that stuff is so good. It's just so good. All the sly kind of comedic subtext about what these actors have been through. And this got me in a really personal place because the original Spider-Man movie came out when I was in college and it was at a time that I went to college and, you know, I had a scholarship. Anyway, my thesis was, You know, superheroes and superhero mythology as the next big thing in popular culture entertainment, which was this was in nineteen, like ninety nine two thousand. So Spider-Man came out right when I was completing all this and I was just I was like, well, shit, because I spent all this time (laughs) writing this theory and then this movie comes out. And when it shattered the box office, it was like, well, now I don't have to argue this theory. Like everybody knows now. Like, okay. right. So here we are. So four years of great time wasted. But it it was that magic of seeing that happen that really affected me. Now, cut to 2010s and Amazing Spider-Man was the first time in this industry where I finally got in a place where I was getting the access and we were getting the respect that I was getting to the junkets. And so I got to do both of those junkets for those those films. And I got to meet like Andrew and sit down with Emma and do all that. So that was professionally for me. That was also a very personal place. That was like the first big, like, wow, like uh, we've made it thing. So seeing all that come back in this movie was like, yeah, really emotional. Just like it brought back so much and just so much. And I was able to see just so much, especially from Andrew, who's Yeah. I mean, I, I pinned this that, to the top of my Twitter feed because I was joking months ago when I said, it was I took one of our headlines and retweeted about Andrew Garfield denying that he was in the movie. And I said, um, and I requoted that tweet and said something like, uh, cut to uh, I said sometime after the premiere, Garfield would add, I am the movie, like and as a joke. And this was like back it's in early true. November. But I was like not wrong. It really that. is yeah. the movie though. It really is the movie <laughs> in this. Yes. And Oh my God. And again, like just knowing the behind the scenes stuff and having interviewed him and seen him and how much he went through through Amazing Spider-Man, how excited this dude was. He came to Union Square and surprised us all from the previous screening when we just got to see the first ten or twenty minutes, and rushed to the theater in a Spider-Man outfit, whipped off the mask and was like, hey, and like came, I mean, this dude was the man. and to see the shake he got in that franchise and how that fell apart and like how hard that was on him. Like and seeing him get to kind of do that in this movie, oh man.
4: Yeah. Like Well, you know, you bring up a a, a good point, right? Because like I've <laughs> I remember getting a lot of heat when I said the first amazing Spider-Man is like one of my favorite movies. Like I love that first movie because I feel like that's actually the movie that got Spider-Man the most right. Like I I really enjoyed that. Like problems with story or whatever aside that people have, I I understand it. The portrayal like, is there. But like man, he is Spider-Man. Like to me yes. and the quipping and the, like it's perfect. Like I always felt like I like those movies. So one I'm already seeing by the way, as we talked about it earlier, I'm already seeing the bandwagon jumping up. Oh Andrew, it's always Andrew. And I'm like, where were these people years ago? Seriously. <laughs> these are the series, these are the people that have been complaining and been like nah nah and like I don't want to hear that now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm kind of like over that. Uh, so we're going to get an influx of that. But I was so happy. It's one thing the reason why I was very much into the leaks. I knew all. Like I was like, if there was a leak on Twitter, I'm probably going to look at it. Like, I was like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, so like, going into this, I was impressed because we actually had this on the show. I think it was last week or the week before where we were like, is it going to live up to the hype? And my answer to that is obviously yes it it did but the reason it did is because it didn't rely on the surface level of oh hey these people are here it went deeper with all of those people and so like you know there's a scene where andrew is talking about you know like peter i'll go say peter one peter two peter three but like and andrew is talking about you know like the effect that gwen's death had on him and like he's Mm -hmm. relaying to Holland, and he's talking about that. The scene when he saves MJ. Yeah, it's that not that me. scene. Oh my It's God. it's his where he's about to cry right after it. And she asks him if he's okay. Everyone was so rooting for that because he was just like there's real stuff there. When he says, like, man, I've never had brothers. Like, there's so much that they did with that playing off of his history. And when he's talking about like, I just stopped pulling my punches. Like there's so much depth there. He
5: made me cry so did. much.
4: Yes. So that's why it lives up to the hype. It's because they did something yeah. with it. They didn't just go, Hey, here's a bunch of cameos. They, yeah. they actually went the doc Ock moment. There's another one with, yeah. with Toby, right? They, they go deeper than the surface. So that's, if it had just been, Hey, these people are in a big fight scene. I don't think it would have. But it's what they did with all the other under stuff that really sold it, that really pushed it home. You cared about these people, not just as, oh, hey, they were in a movie once. You cared about them because they were people and they were the people you remember, like remember and like, oh, man, that was was some really great stuff. Like kudos to them. And like I know I saw Tom Brevoort was talking about like how they had this Feige presented this two years ago at a presentation of like, here's what I want to do. And he's like, he was like, that was bonkers to me back then. And he laid it out exactly how it is in the movie. And that's just like, if we ever talk about, you know, Feige, we trust. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about because he pulled it off. Right.
1: Nicole, I want to give Nicole, because I'm not sure how you are on time. I don't know. I know you're getting
4: close, but yeah, I want to let you go
1: off. Please get it. Please go off. Oh, my
5: God. So as anybody who has followed me on Twitter in the last several months has figured out, um, I was a huge Spider-Man fan in comics. The one more day storyline killed that for me and actually made me break up with Marvel comics for a very long time. Um, So for me going and I've actually true fact, I've never seen any of the Holland Spider-Man movies in theaters Um, because of this reason. I've been so mad. (laughs) Um, So when I saw this was going to have a one more day possible element to it and they were going to bring back, you know, possibly bring back these other Spider-Men, I was very skeptical. This movie does for those Spider- especially Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, which, oh my God, I sat in my car and cried after this movie so hard because he is the movie. You are absolutely right. Like, I'm going to cry now. Like, it's just beautiful. But what really did it for me is that this movie took the storyline from comics that is just very controversial. A lot of people hate it. It finally not only made it made sense, it presented it in a way that opens so many crazy doors, but it gave so much humanity to it. Like the, uh, the movie, you know, at the end, you know, Holland's Peter does have to ultimately choose to make everyone forget him in order to save everyone. And it's this beautiful choice. He's, he's finally found his brothers. He's got these other spider man He's lost his aunt May, which killed me. Um, he's, he's got the people who love him. He needs the time. He needs the support most than ever more than ever and he makes the very grown-up choice probably one of the first truly adult choices we see holland's peter make of sound mind in this and he makes this very selfless choice to one more day things without a mephisto element and for me it just brought everything wonderful about spider-man as a character back and I literally cannot say enough beautiful things about this movie. I mean, I got, I got redemption for for Andrew Garfield. I got to see his character and the, the development of those characters. You get to see what the impact of trauma and grief does and how people process that, but in a healthy way. And I think that's really important with superheroes, especially Spider-Man, because there are so many different ways you can see Spider-Man and Garfield catching MJ in that moment where he's crying and she asks if he's okay. I was not okay in that theater. and No one else was there. It was okay with me. Um, the power and responsibility line was perfect. I, this movie hit every single note that it needed to. And I really wish that I could like brain bleach myself or call Dr. Strange and be like, can you just erase it from my mind? I want to go back and do it again for the first time. I want to just go to an infinite loop of seeing this for the first time over and over again. But if anybody who saw the idea that they were going to have a one more day aspect of this thing and were a little concerned about how that might play out, this movie redeems that storyline so completely and it makes it make sense in a way that I never thought was possible. And we did it without Mephisto. I Which still brings hate the question. Do we life. need sister? Oh, I hate that story. I that hate that comic sucks. Yeah. So hard. I couldn't. I <laughs> oh actually
1: had avoided anything when I saw that. I didn't know that was part of the movie. Because I had avoided oh that. Oh my god. So when I saw I, that at the end, I was like, I was like, no way. I was like, you're not gonna yeah. know one more day this thing. I was like, they they're gonna more one dated. more day this thing. I was like, they one more day
5: this thing. I was But going, they did nuts. it in a way that wasn't yeah. horrible like the comics. And no, I was right. like, and, I would I went back and forth myself to read the comics that made me hate Marvel for like a decade, and I was like, if they if they do this the way they did the crime oh, I'm gonna riot. And I'm like, oh no, this though makes we, sense.
4: Though we all know that was editorially led, and it was uh, a very stupid decision yeah, led. I don't, I don't that.
5: care who came up with the idea. Whoever that person is is on my list.
4: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, uh, what <laughs> that I gotta say is, hurts
5: my soul.
1: But I want to go to the deeper things. Like there's not only do they one more day it, but it is a very complex. The thing I love about this is the complexity of the ending because mm-hmm. they make it a weird kind of thing where it, it is kind of uncertain whether Spider-Man's presence in these people's lives is truly like a corrosive thing because that's what he thinks. I mean, he looks at it at the end and that's his determination. Like without me here, they are safer, better off normal, happy lives That's what I want for them. That's why he makes the sacrifice. And you get that, which is a completely messed up thing to start thinking about. Like, wow, maybe being around these people is bad and like, yeah, not good. And like, oh man, that's kind of a messed up, like you said, a grown up thing to begin to weigh on your mind. It Um,
5: it gives us a a real opportunity for us to start seeing if we get to see more of Holland's Spider-Man. Because, you know, it gives an opportunity to really see that character kind of explore himself in a way that we really haven't got to see because he's been either hiding his secret or trying to deal with the fact that everybody knows his secret. Now he has a chance to know himself.
1: Yeah. In a way that's just amazing. Leave it to Kevin Feige to do just to fly in the face of all convention and pull off like the Mm -hmm. impossible. He made the biggest, craziest Spider-Man movie ever simply to reduce Spider-Man back down to a small character (laughs) in a new franchise that's going to be much smaller than anything because yep. they can't go bigger than this right oh no Because that's a question people were asking after this how do you go bigger than this and it's like we don't you don't and you people love him for it like now and it's like make the biggest craziest spider-man movie ever and people love you at the end for making the smallest simplest spider-man andrew reintroduction ever yeah because people went so people curious. saw him move into a tiny apartment and put on that classic red and blue mm. suit they went nuts in the theater and there was like yep you can now do a $60 million budget Spider-Man movie and like people will
4: love you for it. And that's like the genius. Of I mean, Spider-Man. truthfully, that's the movie. A, a lot of us, including myself have wanted. Yeah. So, and, like, you know, we're finally there to the point where we can have that. And I agree with Nicole, by the way, I feel like this put Holland, this is the best performance as Spider-Man oh, from yeah. a, from a like making adult, decisions making real decisions that feel very spider-man-esque you know what i mean like they they feel that way and that's always been part of the fun of that character it's just you know that that like that tagline is not a tagline that tagline means something to that character um so i yeah i'm i'm excited in a way that i have not been excited for spider-man movies in the past i'm excited to see what the next one is and that is something the last two have not done for me So I am very happy with that.
1: Nicole, I know you got to go. You got to handle real life situations. So I want to thank you for dropping by and uh, lending us in. You get a closing word if you want to, because you can always read Nicole's wonderful work on anywhere. We do DC, Marvel comics, anything on comicbook.com. But uh, yeah, final word for all the Spider-Man fans you want to share for you take off.
5: This is the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen.
1: All right. There you go. I'm I'm slowing it
5: down right there. Take, take my money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Enough said. Um, Yeah. We're going to have to end this with some rankings. Oh no. Thank you for coming and Lend us some class, this whole thing. So have a good day. All right. Bye guys. All right. So, um, yeah, I want to say going back to what you were saying, Matt is something you were saying. The lines that are delivered here, especially from Toby and Andrew, what John Watts and the script writers and Kevin Feige did so well. Because what's so meta about all of this is you have to remember, Kevin Feige was a guy who was in the room for a lot of these Spider Man conversations. Mm -hmm. Like, he had to sit there and listen to all of these before he got to make these movies and these decisions that were made. And he had to be quiet about a lot of things he didn't want, you know, probably agree with or, or go with. So, this is kind of a weirdly validating movie for him as well. But there's so many lines in this that are just like double and even triple entendres because there are things that. Andrew and Toby are saying that are both about their characters, but also about them as actors and off screen. Like Andrew stuff is so heartbreaking because that's real emotion. Like all of the weird emotion he had after this weird Spider-Man thing, when Holland got cast and his stuff got paved over, he brings to this and you can see it. Like when he's saying, I stopped pulling my punches and I got like that Spider-Man stuff. But when he starts saying like, I got bitter, like I got angry Like, you know, I got depressed. That's real stuff. Like, that's real Andrew Garfield talking to me, like saying and there are things like when you're saying and like people in the comments, yeah, Damon Streams is saying when they're saying you're amazing and Toby says to him like, you're amazing. And he says it over and over and he goes, thank you. I needed to hear that. Like, that's real meta stuff of him, Toby Maguire, like the OG goat Spider-Man telling him that in him as an actor feeling that validation and saying thank you. I needed to hear that. And there is a big thing of Gar- Garfield getting to play with his brothers and, and feeling that love that's so real in this and just like so awesome. And there's so many of those lines in, in throughout this movie that because this whole homecoming thing, John Watts is a, like, has been obviously a comedian and like there is so much good comedy in this movie uh, about, like I said, this movie to me is really, as somebody who's been really connected to the Spider-Man franchise, as first a fan seeing the possibilities then as a professional coming up and seeing the kind of mess of reboots and the Marvel and not Marvel line and all of that stuff take place. And then, you know, even Holland's thing almost falling apart and just seeing this movie come out. There's a lot of humor that I just take away from this and, and, and cannot stop laughing about just that they would address in just such a spectacular big budget movie fashion with these three. Um, And it's just so good. And yeah, so powerful if you know all this and just Toby Spider-Man just kind of giving him the look when he just, <laughs> yeah. just giving him the look because that was like, you know, Toby's look was just such a famous thing and just him giving it to Andrew like the come on when he's just trying to stab, you know, Green Goblin and just standing there like all that stuff was just really, just really great. Um, I'm going to put it out there though. I like no way home as my second favorite Spider-Man movie. I still think Spider-Verse is my favorite um, just because of the presentation I mean there's something about the way that movie is created And, and looks like a living comic book That yeah, I think you can't get in live action But this is a very close second And you know I'm not going to be mad at anybody Who ranks one over the other um, But yeah Jamie Foxx's whole, And the villain stuff too We haven't talked about the villains in this But man Willem Dafoe Is still got it And is still wow so freaky. The fight with him and in Holland in the middle of this movie is made Green Goblin scarier than I think I've ever been scared of Green Goblin. Like, you you know, he was kind of funny and goofy in the original Raimi Spider-Man with the suit. And we were just getting comic book movies, but no, this movie made him seem like, yeah, Norman Osborn, Willem Dafoe could really still hang as an MCU villain. And I
4: feel like this, this also showed like his scenes, especially the scene look the the scene where like Holland's about to lose it and like he's just punching and right like there's a I think this is also a thing of if you compare Defoe's goblin to other MCU villains, it's kind of a pale comparison aside from like the top of the top of MCU people like he puts, 80% of MCU villains who shame <laughs> it's not even close. I mean, there's just uh it's just something to his performance and the way he like commands a scene. And he feels like a threat at all times.
1: Yeah. It's one of my favorite villain scenes ever in a Marvel movie is when Peter's like, when they're all in the apartment and Peter just f- begins to feel the danger around him. Yeah. And he just starts looking around and he just realizes how screwed he is because that he's fallen in a kind of Goblin's Trap, and he's like, oh, crap, and that whole sequence. And, man, and then also, I mean, there's so much to unpack in this movie. We're never going to be able to have the time to do it all, but, like, this movie is stacked with people who are actually, like, really Oscar-level performers, right? Like. Or on their way to becoming like, just on the members. villain side. Yeah, just on the villain side. What, like, yeah. You're talking, I mean, Jamie Foxx, Alfred Molina, uh Willem Dafoe, just like, yeah, man. I mean, I think Reese Ifans has even been up there before in like award categories. Like all of these guys are just really talented performers and seeing just the level and it kinda hammered home when Marissa Tomei, who we've all, you know, since my cousin Vinny and her win, like you forget Mr. how good she is, but Right, what yeah, she's, she's death been under. Scene.
4: She's been underutilized in this. Yeah. series and uh, what a death scene in this! Just
1: oh my god, I knew she was dead as soon as it happened, and I, and I just knew. And I, but you still want to hope in the way she just seems fine for a minute before she just kind of goes down. It was just, yeah, that that broke, and she's so good in this, and she geez. was such a good May in this kind of yeah, hot on May like R.I.P. But like what a legacy, and just the casual way that Marvel has just brought back Daredevil this week, right?
4: Like, Yeah, I know. Just like the nonchalant, you know, like when you're trying to give bad news to someone and you just kind of slip it in in between like, oh, hey, by the way, I got the oil change. Yeah, I did this. And then you just slip in something terrible. <laughs> like that's how they slipped. That's how they slipped that in. Just like, hey, everyone's just, you know, chilling and we're like talking about this thing. And oh, hey, here you go. And it was just like, oh. Yeah, that's Charlie Cox is back to Daredevil. Yeah, that's a huge deal.
1: Yeah, that's a huge thing. Um, (laughs) As a law student, one of our commenters, Case, said, as a law student, I screamed. Oh, man. But uh, no, the line was perfect, though, because, yeah, Matt Murdock is talking to Peter Parker and giving him legal advice when his identity is exposed. And somebody throws a brick through his window, which, of course, Daredevil catches. He says, How did you do that? And he's like, I'm a really good lawyer. (laughs) Just like such a lawyer line, but uh, so great. But, uh, yeah, Daredevil's back. That's a thing. So, yeah, another worst-kept secret, but uh, now it's here. So Daredevil and Kingpin are back in the same week. Um, The MCU just got a whole lot bigger, and they both were brought back. Kevin Feige is just messing with us at this point, bringing people back so nonchalantly. And, uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, as people point out in the comments, this movie does a really good job also of kind of showing, of really honing in on the echoes of tragedy across Spider-Man. Like, Goblin killing May is like a really, it is a weird echo because of how Toby Spider-Man kind of saved her from that. Right. Um, there's also questions about uncle Ben now. Right. We got, I got a lot of questions about uncle Ben after this movie. Like, because I'm not crazy because I don't think Holland Spider-Man seems to like new, know a whole lot about uncle Ben or his death or, or like all of that. Cause it seemed very different when he talked to the other Spider-Man from the other universe. So that's the whole thing, but I liked that they shifted Uncle Ben's role to May in this, mm-hmm. like, and that she is the power, of responsibility. She it, it, that it's it's her in this. It's not him, and she's just some like female caretaking stand-in. She was like the actual force in his life, and I and I kind of really like that for her too. Um, but let's talk future. So let's talk the future. Janelle, you can get on this first up. We got Doctor Strange two coming up, right?
2: uh i heard my name yes <laughs> i had you i had you muted so you'd be so proud of me okay um, so
1: dr strange too we saw the trailer
2: yes uh, i did see yeah, the trailer a not in english
1: scene. it's a post credit scene it's the end credit scene for spider-man no way okay. home it's a trailer for dr strange the multiverse of madness so let's just get to what we see uh we get to see wanda's involvement we get to see the multiverse problem. We get to meet America Chavez. America Chavez, America. baby, here it is. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's all out of the bag now. Shuma Gorath, right? We see, we actually see Shuma Gorath and mm-hmm. see that. But it, it seems like it's not going to be that simple because there is Shuma Gorath, but the big reveal at the end of the trailer is it's more than that. There is also an evil Doctor Strange, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Who is this evil Doctor Strange? Is a big question. Uh, some people, of course, we have Mephisto theories already out there, um, and some people are wondering if this is tied, if this is, you know, some Strange Supreme from What If?
2: Yeah, that's or it not seems that way to me.
1: If it's not, that's just it's complicated to keep making more
4: evil Stranges. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't but know he's that's good now. Go. Kind of, sort of. Well, eventually, right? But I'm well, but I'm saying like if they were to bring in the what if part, see, that's where it gets confusing. Cause yeah. Cause you don't know exactly because now the MCU has set up their own spinning stuff of original, whatever. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not just like pooling from comics. So you're kind of like, okay, well, is this pool from what if, is this pool from your own little tethers? Or are we looking to yeah, the comics for this? That's, that's interesting. But I feel like the, what if strange, evil, strange, was kind of turned towards the end you know what i mean to be more of a of a hero or a positive yeah. force anyway yeah so i don't yeah. know there's I don't
1: evil i mean there's also evil variants all over the place right like, yeah so all we yeah. need is another evil variant i mean it's not it's not hard and then keep. we could bring the other variant
4: in and he can be like team <laughs> up with our dr strange and my Murdoch comes in and saves the day i mean the more strange dr more. strange boom, is boom, the better boom. Mordo's back.
1: <laughs> but I was happy to see that this had a that this movie going to have cuz I was kind of worried that Mordo was being left out or was only going to play like a minor role, but it seems like Mordo is going to be in this and, yeah. and that's kind of cool. Oh, Wong is the Strange is the Sorcerer Supreme now. We found that out in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So many things just dropped on you in that movie. Yeah, um, yeah, Wong is a new <laughs> Sorcerer Supreme. Well, cuz Doctor Strange got blipped and so yeah, so that's a thing now that'll have to be I'm sure worked out. But uh, it was good to see Wanda and kind of like, yeah, I mean, Doctor Strange and and just good to see. And it was also more meta stuff because, of course, it's Raimi. So we had to end the Spider-Man movie with Raimi's next movie. Um, And it looked crazy and visually it kind of looked pretty stunning, right? Like it looked even more stunning than something like Inception and and crazy stuff like that. And so did that Doctor Strange fight in Spider-Man, by the way. Crazy visuals on that. I can't imagine what they worked out for Multiverse of Madness. But, yeah, visually, like, yeah. Nolan, all that folding city stuff in Inception's looking mad dated. This is just yeah, (laughs) yeah, Um, yeah. So Damon has like a ton of of good
2: points. Oh, what's he saying? That's it wasn't strange. Supreme, right? He didn't have his big cloak. Uh, He also didn't have yeah, he didn't have the cloak of levitation. So technically, in that, I don't know. That's actually going to be really interesting to see. Can I just say, like, I was not... Obviously, I wasn't in the theater when I watched this. uh, But it just wasn't... Like, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. Like, none of it felt spoilery to me, obviously, in the... Yeah, so, like, I'm not... People are like, oh, my God, you didn't you know, do you feel upset that you didn't see it in the theater? I'm like, no, I'm going to see it in the theater. I'm probably going to watch this thing like 15 times. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, I
1: mean, the trailer's going to yeah. be here like, what, Monday, Tuesday, yeah, probably? Yeah, the trailer's yeah, so.
2: going to be dropping, and it's... Yeah, it's, so, I mean... Yeah.
1: It's, uh, yeah. That's why we put it here, but um, I'm psyched for Doctor Strange in the, in the Multiverse of Madness. That looks oh, pretty, yeah. pretty sick. Um, all right, other post-credit scene, of course, we got to find out what happened with Tom Hardy's Venom and all this, which was my only kind of disappointment, but... um. Again, it wasn't because I realized later on, like, again, if you're talking about this movie, this movie is a very meta commentary on the franchise of comic book and superhero movie franchises. So it's only funny that they it would only fit the joke that Tom Hardy's Venom and all this is left sitting off in his own little sideline over in Mexico and like related to all this, but not really related to all of this. It kind of kept out of it. And which was, again, funny meta thing. It's great that Hardy was down for that. I'm sure he got the joke, but of course, Venom gets warped back. He never gets in on the action. He gets warped back to his universe, but we now Uh. have symbiotes. He has a (laughs) turd behind. So we, uh, that turd is going to turn into a whole symbiote problem in the MCU. So MCU has symbiote symbiotes now. And so this is what Tom Rothman and Kevin Feige were trying to tell you on the red carpet of Spider-Man no way home about what their relationship is between Sony and Marvel is, yeah, they can trade things, right? It's like trading cards in the schoolyard. Sony has a couple things, but Marvel may want to borrow some things. It may not always be a Spider Man character, like a major character. It might just be like, hey, we want to play with symbiotes. Okay, we'll do this little thing now. You can play with symbiotes. Okay. Um, and so that's good. My big question, and we got to end on this, is, or my hope is, I think now that's multiverse established from the overwhelming love, obviously Toby Maguire is done, right? Like he's yeah. old. He's a, like moved on. He's a dad, he's dude. He's, He doesn't need on this, And so he did this for fan service, but uh, uh, he's old, but I think there's going to be a resurgence of Garfield. And mm-hmm. I think that we should consider that. Like, I think there's going to be, I mean, Tom Holland's Spider-Man is clearly in the MCU. Mm-hmm. He's clearly going back to ground zero Spider-Man, right? He's got a new thing to play with and a new thing to do. Garfield's, but Venom's universe still needs a Spider-Man, right? And that whole Sony Spider-Man's universe could use a Spider-Man. And I would love to see Garfield come back and be that universe of Spider-Man again and get to do more stuff in that and, and have to do, and do that. And even if that's a place where, I mean, there was a little setup, right? Because where Jamie Foxx and him are talking and they kind of tease Miles Morales, so there's gotta be a black Spider-Man out there. Um, even if that's where we get Miles Morales is in Sony Spider-Man universe, I think Garfield would be a good person to anchor that and help that and crossover with Tom Hardy's Venom and Jared Leto's Morbius and be part of the Craven the Hunter thing. And like, I would love to see him back and I'd love to see him there. And I would love to see Holland in the MCU. And I love to see crossovers happen again, you
4: know? Yeah. Cause it was I'm, a lot of fun I'm with you. I don't know how they make that work with the whole establishing that he's in the same spot as, Holland They now? literally just
1: made a movie to establish the rules. Like, right, but no, but like Marvel the last Prime
4: movie, they went, you know, like Venom 2 went, like, made sure to be like, oh, hey, we're in the same universe as Holland. And like, yes, he does go somewhere, but like, I don't know. I don't know if they pull away from Holland being their core Spidey. I would love to see it. I would love to see more Andrew Garfield as Spidey, always. Um, But I'm curious to see how they do that. What I'm actually would love to see Marvel do is if we're gonna have symbiotes in the MCU, um, I, I see. I don't know how it's it's murky because like certain characters are very Spider-Man characters as so far as legalities of like which ones they can borrow, which not. But man, I don't love this current Spider-Man used version of Flash Thompson as much. But I would love to see a Agent Venom take in the MCU of that character and from the one from the books and so i would love for them to kind of run with that and that way you're getting two kind of very different versions of venom in either side you know like they can run with this one and you can have things with shield or whatever yeah i'm kind of curious
1: i'm kind of curious if they're going to go with holland spider-man getting the black suit if there's a new eddie brock in the mcu uh that we have yet to meet or they pull off agent venom because i would also like to see that but um the venom question is a big one. Uh, and the city question is a big one. And if we get a, something like a King in black, because there is secret wars and all this stuff could come, come back around and, and we don't know what's going to be the end of this multiverse arc. So what happens at the end of that will be interesting to see. And I'm sure the fan reactions to no way home will help determine a lot of that because they are making it up as they go. So they guys, Tom Ruffman says, we got to see how this puppy does, you know, like, and now this movie's out, we're going to see how it goes. But, uh, we could keep going, but like I said, we have a whole Marvel podcast. Phase Zero will be doing a whole in-depth episode with just nothing but no way home talk. So if you want to keep this train going, keep your eye on this Twitch channel or on our uh, comicbook.com different pop platforms for podcast feeds this week because, yeah, there's going to be a lot of Spider-Man talk. But uh, that'll do it for Comic Book Nation. We're going to cap it right there and just say again, thank you, guys. We're going to be doing a couple more episodes before the end of the year. But this is going to come into the end of season three. And I just want to thank you guys who have been on for this show from everybody, from Briwood, Danny the Pug, Cunning Linguists, new people like Damon Streams. There's so many geek fight. Like, there's so many of you guys who have been here over on. uh, We also have a Brian. We have people over on the YouTube. Brett. Over on your uh, Facebook, people have been rowing with us on YouTube this whole time. Like, And for the last year and a half especially, I want to thank you guys for being here and geeking out with us. There's been so much limited content, limited joy to be had. And uh, just having you guys in this community has been great. And we're so happy to be getting out and getting this big content and all this stuff to geek out of over again. So thank you, guys. Enjoy everything this week. Enjoy The Witcher. Enjoy Hawkeye. Enjoy Spider-Man. Yeah and we'll see you guys next week because we got to talk Matrix we got to talk a whole bunch of us, And I think we're coming back and doing a special episode Just to go get lost in the Matrix Oh yeah Yeah be on the lookout next Wednesday Because we're going to try to drop that for you guys Because we're trying to get in a couple more before the end of the year And the end of season 3 But there's been Comic Book Nation We're on your podcast platforms we're on Twitch we're on Facebook We're on YouTube check us out You can find us and we'll see you guys next week Peace Bye
5: guys